Welcome to Think Big for Africa podcast. On this podcast, we will bring you interesting conversations with local, national, and international African leaders from all works of life, home and abroad. Leaders who are doing their bits to progress Africa's development. Conversation topics will range from education, science, health, leadership, politics, business, and many other global issues. Conversations about everything that concerns Africa's development. Africa has so many wonderful achievers worldwide, and this is exactly what we will bring to you on Think Big for Africa podcast. Stay tuned. Hello. Welcome to the Think Big for Africa podcast. My name is Ekene Banye your host. Today, I have another young African, a lady from Mauritius. She's an entrepreneur. Uh, She's building a pan-African community. Her name is Shugda Gajada. Shugda, how are you? Good, thanks. How are you? So, so so sorry, so sorry I mispronounced your name. So, so there is no trouble about it. Good, good, good. So tell my audience who you are and what you do. Awesome. Thanks. Um, such a pleasure to be here. So my name is Shabda Gajadhar. Um, I'm currently the community and support specialist at uh, ALX. I work in what, what does that, um, what does ALS mean stand for? African African leadership and the X stands for like an experiment or like everybody as well. Very good, very good. Yeah. So continue. Um, continue. Yes. So my role here is that of a community builder. Okay. And the idea is to uh, build a pan-African community of entrepreneurs, and this need not be. Um, the sexy VC innovative startups. It mm. is um, SMEs as well as startups. Um, okay. And the idea is to empower them through a four-week um, experience to enable them to thrive in their businesses, get paying customers, and start creating jobs. Great, great, great. So uh, I checked your your profile on uh, LinkedIn, and it seems uh, you come from a science background, okay? So tell me, tell me, how did you get into this uh, career that brought you to where you are today? I really like this question, and it's uh, when I get asked quite often, especially when mm. I first start my career. So um, where do I... Pass. Like yeah. rewind to go, go, go back university. as far as, as far as you can. See, I I come so, from a similar background, so I can I can understand. I'd love to hear about it. Yeah. Um. So I studied chemistry and mathematics at university, and um, worked for a bit when I finished uh, my degree. 
uh, in Mauritius and quickly realized that working in a lab was not suited for uh, my kind of person. Mm. I am a very extroverted person and what I was doing then was because I wasn't, wasn't too involved into research and things like that, I was analyzing a lot of lab samples and uh, it didn't put me in a place that was inspiring or um, just, you know, motivate motivational for me at that point in my life. So I made the decision to quit my job at the laboratory, which was a really good laboratory, to be fair. Um, and I decided to pursue things only that would only be of my interest. Okay. Um, that led me down a road of doing a lot of massive open online courses. Okay. I, I believe they're known as MOOCs now. So I did a bunch of them and I realized that I was really into sustainability and I was really into sustainable development. Um, slowly, that kind of like also pushed me to reach out to key players in the Mauritian context okay. who were doing work that I found interesting. And I found myself in the NGO space trying to work with cities and how to make cities a, a more vibrant place, especially for we sometimes here in Mauritius. Um, the city can be a bit dead after four after work hours. Mm. So we were looking to rejuvenate the city. And that was really exciting work. Um, but that inter that was an internship. So okay. I was at that time I had finished university and I must have been around twenty-four doing uh, an internship after having quit yeah. uh, full-time. Um, and it wasn't easy, but then I found another internship when that one ended at a startup incubator in Mauritius. And uh, what was supposed to be a three-month internship then turned into two and a half years of Ooh. being employed there, Ooh. Ooh. where I incidentally started my journey as a community builder. I was recruited there as a community associate Okay. And at the time I was, um, at the start, I was charged with uh, managing the co-working space and creating a sticky community that people kept coming back to. Okay. Um, and that progressed into developing the community for entrepreneurs, for the entrepreneurship programs they were running there. I had a hand a little bit in organizing the 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 entrepreneurship programs they ran there. Um, and that was the start of my journey. And that's how I transitioned from being a chemist in a lab. Yeah. Up, wow. Um, wow. To meeting like tens of people every day and connecting yeah. them to similar interests. Mm. See, you've, you've had a very, well, I, I would say interesting journey, you know, uh, I, I studied uh, biochemistry. Uh, unlike you, I never, never stepped into a lab, okay, after, after school. Because uh, for me, uh, I knew that that wasn't what I wanted, okay? So I quickly went back to school to do an MBA, and I, en I ended up in the bank, you know, uh, where I worked for over for two years, yeah, before uh, my new journey started, you know. So it's a it's it's a common practice. A lot of people 
finish school and uh, they find out that uh, what they studied or what they were doing wasn't uh, of interest, you know. One thing is that you did a good turnaround by telling yourself, this is not for me. And you took action. Many people don't take action. You just suffer in silence. And they stay there for a long, long, long time. You know, you, you, didn't, you didn't do that. Now, you did, you did something interesting. Getting into an internship program. That's another very good thing you did. Yeah. You see, many people after after working in a in an in a in a permanent role, they wouldn't like to step back to take an internship program. You know, so you you've done so many good things for your career. And I'm sure yeah definitely um i think at that point i have to say that i exercised a whole deal of humility i knew i knew i had the capacity to thrive in a career yeah but um i knew that i also didn't know anything about a lot of things yeah that interested me genuinely so i was like I need to be able to go back to school, so to, so to speak, and yeah. hence that was the that was the online learning that I did, and it was also like I'm I'm here to start from zero, you know, mm-hmm. and that's exactly where I was starting. Yeah, that, that's what you did. That's what you did, and it's good. It's good. So, how how does uh, an e- an ecosystem work? Okay, and how important is belonging to a viable ecosystem to the success of uh, any entrepreneurial venture. Right. So uh, I'll split this question into two bits. I'll start by answering, um, how does an ecosystem work? Yes. Um, That's a very good question. An ecosystem, especially in um, when we refer to it in the entrepreneurship space, consists of many, many, many different players. It can mm-hmm. be academic players, it can be startup incubators, it can be SMEs and startups themselves, so those, those are the entrepreneurs. It can be the coaches, the experts that can facilitate different types of information sessions for them. It can also be um, investors, so angel and VC at certain times, it can also be private equity, depending on what level you are growing your company to. Yeah. Um, so when all of those players come together and all of those players have a context for coming together, that's yeah. when um, an ecosystem starts to work, in yeah. my opinion. Um, and why is it important for entrepreneurs to be a part of it? Um, I think that entrepreneurship is hard no matter yeah, oh, what yeah. kind of context yeah you you do that in right yeah um and being surrounded with people who have firstly maybe even done what you've done before who have been around enough people like you endeavoring to do new things yeah or things on your own 
can help because they can spot patterns. They can provide a sounding board for for your ideas to bounce off of. Mm -hmm. Um, And like you can be an entrepreneur without being involved in the startup ecosystem. Yeah. But it definitely helps to be part of one because you can always, there's always someone you can call. There's always someone that you can quickly ask for a referral. It can be about anything. It can be about like small business suppliers or it can be about customers. Like how do I launch my business? Who do I launch it to? Maybe someone will have a good idea if you're like, as you're talking to them. Um, And the beauty of that, and especially in physical spaces is that, you bump into people doing interesting stuff all yeah. the time. So you you get to have those really amazing corridor conversations with people that can completely spark an idea in your mind that you had never thought about yeah. and that would benefit your business. Yeah. See, what you're saying is that entrepreneurial uh, ventures are not a one-man thing. Okay, you need people to help you both internally in your in your in your own business and externally. Other business owners and other members of the ecosystem. Now, you see, I've talked to a lot of young entrepreneurs. Okay, when I say young, I mean new entrepreneurs, okay, who are very new in the space. And one thing they are afraid of is to share the ideas to people and those people take those ideas and run with it and they lose out. Okay. So how how often does that happen? That's one question. And two, how can they avoid that if possible? Um, I it's interesting um, that you say that. I did encounter a lot of it when I first started working with entrepreneurs in Mauritius. A lot of the the mentality is that, oh, I don't want to share my business idea with anyone. Yeah. They will copy it and and, and build something um, out of it that yeah. I won't have a share. And um, to that, I've always said, like ideas are cheap. Mm. Yeah. Everybody has ideas. I think in our lifetimes. Everybody has had million ideas. dollars, billion dollars ideas. Yeah. Um, what discerns an ideator to an entrepreneur is, in French, the word entrepreneur comes from entreprendre, so to take action. Yeah. Um, and that's that's the key differentiator. That's also your first barrier to entry: the fact that you haven't just spoken about something; you've taken action towards building something. That can give you that in itself can give you what, what is called a first mover advantage. Okay. And um, yeah, like just having an idea in in your mind doesn't secure it. Like you might find out that um, what so entrepreneurship, like starting a new business, is like testing a new hypothesis. If you want to put it in scientific yeah. terms, mm-hmm. right? Um, and your and when you go by the 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 lean startup which is fail fast, fail cheap. You devise an experiment where with the limited resources that you have, you want to get a what is called a proof of concept. Yeah. So uh, the proof that there is a demand for what you are offering. Yeah. Right? So that you do 
quickly and um, with limited resources. Yeah. So you have you don't to quick, be investing. Quick and yeah. Quick and dirty, exactly. Yeah. Once you once you do that, there are numerous learnings that come out of it. Um and that's that's the mark of a true entrepreneur is being able to learn and, and adapt quickly to yeah. the learnings that you have. And sort of like shut out the noise as well. Like you might see other people um doing the same thing, but you can choose to be paralyzed by by competition or you can choose to also learn from their mistakes or learn from their wins mm-hmm. and keep it. Um, yeah. This is definitely one of the instances where slow and steady wins the race. Yeah. 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 See, another thing is that uh, many new entrepreneurs think that uh, their first idea must pan out. Okay. They don't understand that successful entrepreneurs have very different ideas. They try them out, many fail. And then what we all see are the ones that succeed, but many fail. See, so one of the things I I, I try to top the people is that you don't have to have a win, winning idea the first time the second time, the third time. See, the, the, what differentiates a successful, successful entrepreneur is the one who doesn't give up, who right. tries something, he fails, he tries another, either on the same, on the same uh, idea or he, switches, he or she switches the idea to something else. Until one works, see. Yeah. So, so the idea that your idea will be taken away by someone else, it should not be a reason not to share the idea to gather some knowledge from the people who can help you. you know? Yeah, there's definitely something to be said around. Um, I think we've all encountered that story where someone. Um, is talking to a, a trusted person to them and they say, what if I fail? Um, and the trusted person says, oh dear, but what if you succeed? Exactly. Um, right. So sharing your idea, yes, people might steal it. Mm. But think about the opposite side of, of that spectrum as well. What yes. if sharing your ideas trickle into this like avalanche of support? Yes. Like I can connect you to this person. This person is a web developer. They can make your landing page. Yeah. Um, I can connect you to a graphic designer. That'll be your logo. Um, you know, I can connect you to this really great project coordinator. They they will run your your project for you. Like, yes. And test it. Yes. Um so rather so there there is something to be said here around um the mentality that you want to have. Do you want to have a scarcity mentality? Mm-hmm. Or do you want to do you want to have a, a mentality of abundance? Yeah, yeah, that that's that's very true. That's very true. So tell me, tell me something about your the the community you're building and what happens there. What kind of people you you gather together? 
in your community. Just give me some some interesting stories about your community. Stories. Um, let me start by um, getting technical about it. So the idea is to support a hundred thousand entrepreneurs by the year twenty thirty, who can then yeah, who can um, then go on to each recruit five people, and that will create a multiplier effect for jobs being created in Africa. Very good. Very now, good. The type of entrepreneurs that we accompany are not necessarily people who are looking at new business models or doing yeah. new things. They can be SME founders, you okay. know. So they can be people starting a business in a space where they know that there is a market already. They know what these people are looking to buy and they're tackling that problem. Um, yeah, so we are supporting SMEs and we are doing that over more than, I think, 12 or 13 countries across the African continent, which is really okay. exciting. Just give you, give us some some, na some names of countries so that, see, I, I want my, oh, my yeah. audience um, to know where you, where you are and if they can reach out to you. Well, with our last cohort, we've had a huge percentage of our participants from Ethiopia. We've got quite a few coming from Nigeria, South Africa, Zambia, Uganda. Um, I think we have some from Ghana as well. We had a lady from Benin okay. join us um, in our first cohort, but um, Tanzania also. Um, let me think of other countries. Uh, yeah, just just a, a lot of a lot of uh, the African countries, all of the main hubs as well, like Rwanda. Um, yeah. Good. Good. Wow, a hundred thousand. That's good. That's good. Well, so, the idea is to support them. We haven't done the the the, the whole of it yet. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's, it's an ongoing it's an ongoing project. Yeah, I uh, that's good. See, for me, for me, I I the reason why I bring on many entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs on my on, on this podcast is that. See, for Africa to develop, that's my that's my my goal to contribute to that. For Africa to develop, we need as many, many new businesses, new business ideas, new business founders, entrepreneurs. See, uh, I would say this: uh, politics is not the way to build Africa. Businesses are the way to build Africa. Education and businesses are the way. Okay, so uh, yes, what you're doing is is an ongoing pro uh, project. So I want you to tell my audience as much as you are you're willing to. You know, yeah. Thank you. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, if. Uh... If by the time this uh, episode airs, um, the applications are still open. We're actually currently taking applications for um, uh, young entrepreneurs between the ages of 18 and 35 okay. who have a business that is ready to launch okay. um, to join our four-week digital um, experience program where we support them in um, securing their first sales, gaining their first customers, and share some best practice about um generating traction very good very good uh 
So what are the most difficult challenges that you that new entrepreneurs face uh, that you like that the likes of your, your community uh, help them to solve? Right. Um, I think in the mo- in the recent years, what I've seen entrepreneurs struggle with is the acquisition of customers, right? Um, and that's the the one on one of of um, business. If you don't have customers, you don't really have business. Um, and having a community then kind of helps you think through the different types of profiles that you can be targeting. You know, just by having a lot of people around you, yeah. um, they can either represent the different target markets that you should be looking at or um, give you insights on. Um, they can help you analyze um, who you've targeted so far. Yeah. Um, one, thing, one thing that is always a red flag to me is when, an, uh, when I ask an entrepreneur, so who is your, who is your target customer? Yes. And they say, well, my product is for everybody. <laughs> well, I think that when I hear that, I'm like, well, I think we need to unpack that a little bit more. Yes. Because when you say my product is for anybody, does it mean, um, for example, if you have a digital solution for something, right? does that mean that someone who's 80 years old, who lives in a village somewhere, yes. would be able to use your thing? No, mm-hmm. not necessarily. So. Just by the fact that your product is digital, that says that your target customer has to be di- like able to operate a computer and a phone. Yes. Right? Who are the people that can operate a computer and a phone and have the option of buying stuff that already like reduces your, um, your population sizes? Yes. Um, and then if you can make more and more specific statements about people... Um, who are buying your product, you yes. can find ways. And t- in today's world, obviously, with social media, and um, you can really target who you want to see your ads or yeah. who you want to see your product by just, it could just be the difference between posting something on Facebook versus posting something on LinkedIn. Mm. What are people on LinkedIn looking for? And what are people on Facebook looking for? Yeah. And now think about the fact that, like, what are people on TikTok looking for as mm. well? Um, so these are these are very different things, and um, it's it's never a good sign when someone says my product is for everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a uh, th- those are the common common mistakes that uh, a lot of uh, business owners, new business owners, make, including me. Uh, I used to say, oh yeah coaching everybody needs coaching blah 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 uh yes maybe everybody needs coaching but everybody do not want coaching you know so yeah so you you, you need to slim down the, the your audience so that you can you can attract the right kind of people who actually need and want your product you know, so yeah, coaching, uh, coaching is a very good example because you can say, um, really true, and you can truly say that a, a majority of people would really benefit from having a coach, yes. Um, but you, that's not the question that you should be asking yourself. Exactly. You should be asking yourself who would be willing mm-hmm. to pay for coaches, yeah, yeah, that's custom, and there, 
And very quickly, you might realize it's not individuals, it might be organizations, it might be yeah. companies yeah. to get their employees coached. Yeah. Rather than, yeah, or incubators looking for their entrepreneurs to be coached. Yeah. Because, yeah. Good. Uh, see, you're a young African, and uh, Africa has uh, abundance young Africans. Uh, who want to be in the entrepreneurial sp space and you have a experience in that space. So what is your advice uh, to fellow young Africans to help them to contribute their quota to the development of their communities? To the development of communities. Yeah, yes, I mean, hey, I, I said, if you, if, if they, if they, they uh, develop their ideas as 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 entrepreneurs, they will, they will develop in their communities. Yes, of course. Yes, they'll be um, creating a a supply for for specific demands that communities yeah. have. It'll be creating jobs for people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the one advice that I would have with, for any um, anyone with an entrepreneurial instinct is to get started, actually. And that advice is very easily given. Yeah. And not so easily taken. Yes. Um, <laughs> but I think one important thing to maybe think about is what is one thing that you can do today? to get started. Okay. And then the second question is, what are a few things this week that I can do to build on that? And you just keep going until you see something concrete come out of it. Good. And you keep learning and you keep doing those one or few things. Yes. Well, you are practically a coach. <laughs> I yes. do coach entrepreneurs. Very good. Very good. So, uh this is my my usual last question to my guests so i ask you in your mind okay what is your vision for africa african entrepreneurs uh in that space what do you, what do you see in that space in the next 20, 30 years time. That's, that's a beautiful thought to have, isn't it? Um, a vision for a prosperous entrepreneurial Africa um, would be to have developed yeah. communities um, in most countries, in all countries, actually, why not? Um, that are somehow interconnected where um, an entrepreneur in Ethiopia knows that there is a way for them to be connected to someone in, say, Kenya, if they wanted to expand their business there. Yes. Um, for entrepreneurship to develop not just within countries, but across countries, um, and for that synergy to be enabled, hopefully, by more stable political um, environments. Yeah. As well that are conducive yeah. so that like 
the the strength of the entrepreneurship of Africa kind of like dictates the political um, um, decisions being made. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. That's nice. That would Should be that? great, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That would be great. Should that? Thank you. Thank you very much for coming on uh, the Think Big for Africa podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Ikene. Um, it's been a pleasure talking to you um, and sharing my two cents worth of what I know about community building in, uh, in the entrepreneurship in Africa space. Good. So uh, I, would, I would very much like to see the progress of your community. Oh, you will. Good. You will. Good. Good. <laughs> Good. Thank you. Bye. Have a lovely day. Bye. Bye bye. Listen or watch more episodes of Think Big for Africa podcast with new guests every week. Subscribe to ensure that you are notified whenever new episodes are available.